Welcome to another special edition of the Covenant Presbyterian Church podcast, a weekly broadcast of our Sunday sermon. I'm Kate Calusiestes, one of the pastors on staff. Covenant Presbyterian Church is an open and affirming congregation. Our primary mission is to equip God's people to serve Christ in the world. In our messages, we hope that you will find inspiration, encouragement, and even challenge for your journey of faith. We invite you to listen with us now. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. The first thing the Spirit is saying is sometimes we listen better when our hands are busy. So you all, you can tell I'm a uh, Christian educator's daughter, can't you? You all have a coloring page. Not just the children, all of the grown-ups, everybody has a coloring page. And some of you are already coloring, thank you. And um, my loyal assistants, you know them, they, I gave birth to them. They uh, put crayons in your pews, so there's no excuse. So make use, color away, and enjoy. Now the other thing is, is that as the birthday of the church, this is a great time for a family photo. So I'm going to do what we call in the business a pulpit selfie. Right? What's that? Who does that? I'm going to stand up here, and I want you all to wave. Right? Sure. That's a great idea. Thanks, Lee. Let's stand up. And now all the people who are watching us online are, on, are in worship too, right? Okay, wait, wait. More and some more. And now I'm going to get the choir. Okay, choir, you ready? Yay, choir. All right. <laughs> and Jeffrey's hands. Okay, wait, one more. I only got half the room. Okay. All right. You should look for those on the new newsletter that comes out next week. Because we are so excited to be together again. Happy birthday, church. Pentecost is the day we mark the birthday of the church, and it is a day of celebration. And I love a good birthday party, which has been kind of a challenge in the last year, although a tent in my backyard worked wonders for my last birthday. So, celebrating the birthday of the church is one of my favorite things to do. And our text from Acts is sort of a birth narrative, but it's not like any other. In Matthew and Luke, we get the stories of Jesus' impending birth and shepherds and wise visitors. But the birth of the church, that is something altogether different. But it is new life. And the gift of new life is beautiful, but it can be hard, and it is definitely messy, and rarely happens without hard work and struggle. In Romans, Paul reminds us that all of creation groans in labor pains, and here in Atlanta, spring has already sprung and we are hurtling headlong into summer, although I think we might have already gotten there. And it's easy to think of spring as this gentle season of flowers blooming and birds building nests. Although if you have a mockingbird, you know that can also be dangerous. We have one of those. But it's also a season of strong winds, torrential rain, the very earth groaning in recreation. 
but the entrance of the Holy Spirit, wow! Think about those moments just before a storm when the wind really picks up and it tangles your hair and it blows your jacket open and you lose your hat. It can take your breath away. And in this moment in Acts, instead of it taking your, their breath away, the apostles are filled with the breath of the Holy Spirit, with new life and new energy for the sharing of the gospel. It's hard to think about the fact that it's really only been about six weeks since the death and then, whoop, surprise, resurrection of Jesus and a few days since the ascension, which I'm sure left them reeling, they've hardly had time to take a deep breath. I can only imagine how numb they must feel. Last spring, as we were becoming increasingly aware that the pandemic wouldn't be over in a couple of weeks, I took a lot of walks. Mostly they were ways to get the kids and I out of the house on a beautiful afternoon and move around after we all spent hours sitting and staring at our screens. But I don't know if you remember or even noticed, but in the early days when everything, everything was shut down, it was quiet. It was so quiet in our neighborhood. The birds even were not as noisy. I don't think they felt like they had to compete. There was almost no traffic on the main road that goes right in front of our house, and the skies were so blue, day after day. I felt like they were bluer than I had seen in ages. At the same time, news stories were showing up, some real, some not, about the lack of pollution. There were pictures of blue skies in Mumbai, famously one of the most polluted cities in the world. Now, there were also the stories of dolphins in the canals in Venice, which were not quite as true as I'd hoped. But it almost felt like the earth was repairing herself. It took a global pandemic and shutdown for us to realize that we are in a constant state of creation and recreation if we will only listen to the groan of labor pains around us. Paul reminds us that the whole creation is groaning and the whole of creation is redeemed. Not just the earth, the flora and the fauna, but we ourselves are included in that redemptive hope. One translation re renders those first two verses like this. We know that all creation groans in unison with birthing pains up until now. And there's more. It's not just creation. All of us are groaning together, too. You know, I like to think about the spirit the way I think about the force. You know, Obi-Wan Kenobi says the spirit of God, or the force is what he calls it, is what surrounds us and fills us and binds us together. So how, how 
Do we follow those bonds, find our way through a noisy and busy world so that we, too, can feel and see the Spirit at work? For most of us, the experience will not be at all like that of the apostles, a loud howling wind rushing into the church, although I'm grateful for the wind moving through the church. But covenant in these pews and in your beds or sofas at home, God is speaking. What are you hearing? What are you listening for? We spend a lot of our time distanced, separated from creation. We've live in a culture where dominion, the way it's phrased in Genesis, has come to mean domination. They are not the same word. And we forget that our home, the oikos, that is the earth, is a part of us and we are a part of it. Um, Sister Elizabeth Johnson, who is a Catholic nun and professor emerita from Fordham, author of numerous books, many formative for me, in her book, Creation and the Cross, looks at creation in three ways. Creatio originalis, which is the beginning of creation, what we might think of as the first two chapters of Genesis. Creatio continua, the idea that the creation is held in life by the creator, that divine creativity is present now. And finally, creatio nova, the eschatological ultimate end of time where the creator will not allow creation to end but will create something entirely new. When Peter, in your case Lynn, shares the words from the prophets Isaiah and Joel, it's in this same mindset of this creatio nova that the spirit who has been unleashed on the disciples, dwells in all of creation, and that God is indeed doing a brand new thing. For Peter and the apostles, their experience of the re-enlivening of the Holy Spirit was loud enough to be heard from outside of the room they were in and drew a crowd. The crowd heard the apostles speaking in each of their native languages. What a gift when you spend so much your life operating on a second or third or fourth language. It can be a sort of homecoming when you hear your own language, when you're in a place where that's not the dominant one, or even a familiar accent when surrounded by speakers of different languages. They were migrants, all of them in Jerusalem who had come to celebrate the Pentecost. And while some even thought the apostles were drunk, even though it was so early in the day, others couldn't help but hear and pay attention. Everything had changed, and everything was new. What follows this story is the baptism of roughly 3,000 new believers who had heard the good news of Jesus the Christ in a way that was real and meaningful for them. New ideas and stories in familiar words 
can make a huge difference. But also, without going really far, the apostles have met these inquiring minds where they are. They went out and they shared with them the love of God in a way they could hear it and know it. Romans reminds us that we live into hope, that the groaning reality around us is not the end of the story. Hope has been a hard practice in the last year for so many people. A year when hope was lost at the death of a loved one or vaccinations coming too late. Each of us have had those moments where the only prayer we can pray are groans and sighs too deep for words and sobs of Oh God. This is what Paul is talking about. Those moments when we have no words for the pain of life in this broken world, and the Holy Spirit, who infuses the whole of creation, groans and sighs with us, recognizing all the things we don't have words to say, meeting us in the deepest depths and the most joyful of highs advocating for us when words fail. If ever there was a time that was beyond words, it has been the last year. We have seen pain and suffering that we have not seen in generations. Perhaps not as up close as many, but the pain of a world in crisis is necessary to bear witness to to lift up those prayers are, whose prayers are groans and sighs too deep for words. Our world, our world is groaning. The challenges of climate change for sure, but also the groaning of peoples long silenced, long neglected, long abused. And if we learn nothing else from this strange and wondrous moment in the story from Acts, we must hear the Spirit as an agent of the beautiful diversity of the divine, reflected in the diversity of humanity. Let's go back just a little bit, though. The text tells us that the disciples were together, and they heard this sound like the great rush of wind. You know, I grew up in an old house, and we have lived in old houses, and I suspect it was like those winds that rattle the windows. Something like tongues of fire come to rest on each of them, and they all begin to speak other languages. Anyone who has studied or speaks another language knows it's not a simple exchange, one-to-one -one exchange of words. Mario, I suspect, knows this better than most of us. The idioms and metaphors are different. The humor is different. There is so much encompassed in language that also communicates the particularity and diversity of culture. And we don't always take note of it. This is a moment that celebrates the diversity of humanity created in the image of the divine. It's a moment of connection across nearly every difference, 
language, culture, tribe, ethnicity, you name it. The apostles are given the amazing gift to speak across deep separations that no one thought could or should be breached. But it didn't leave them there. We may be singing hymns about the sweet and gentle spirit today, but the Holy Spirit we meet here in Acts is more like the chaos that you are hearing in the ringing of bells and the rumbling of the organ as we read the text. And in the rush of a violent wind that can shake a house off its foundations, it upends everything we know. The Holy Spirit can be tender and loving. The Holy Spirit can also be a hard shove, pushing us into the spotlight to speak words that people, that we, need to hear. She's the ongoing nature of creation that the Creator makes new, the ultimate end as the ultimate beginning. She's the bridge that connects us to others across any difference of language, culture, ethnicity, or tribe. She is the giver of words when we otherwise have none. She's the host of groans and sighs too deep for words when words are not enough. She's the breeze that calls us to open doors and windows, letting in fresh new air and reminding us that we are inexorably linked to the whole of creation, drawing us out into the sunshine. She is the call to courage and the risk of vulnerability to share fully our authentic selves. She is the breath of new life in the midst of astonishment and attention, emboldening and empowering us to new ways of being. So Covenant, what is the new thing the Spirit is empowering you to do. Inaction and hesitation are no longer an option. The Spirit has come, and the wind is at our backs. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Covenant Presbyterian Church podcast. And please visit our website, covpresatl.org, for more information as well as our full archive of recorded services to learn more about us and to get in touch with us. We wish you well in these times of upheaval. Grace and peace to you.